0: Welcome to another episode of An Apple A Day. I'm your host, Jimmy Apple. How you feeling today, my friends? You're feeling good? You're feeling strong? You're feeling better than you did yesterday? Excellent. You can't ask for better than that? Hey, we got a good one for you today. We're going to be talking about liars and exaggerators. Exaggeration or liars? Or is it just lying. Me personally, I think it's just lying. You can call it whatever you want. Call it a little white lie, a little black lie. Got to be politically correct. Uh, Exaggeration, exaggerating, stretching the truth, Whatever, whatever you want to call it. If you're manipulating the truth, you're lying. You know what I mean? But let me remind you, an apple a day is brought to you by www.famousapple.com. Famousapple.com is the home site for this podcast. You get a minute, go over there, check it out. Also, I'd like you to go over and visit our group on Facebook. That's www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash disabled living one word disabled living it'll bring you to the living with a disability group and join in over there join in the conversations there's nice people and who knows maybe you make a lifelong friend (laughs) i'm always there i'm always there there's a couple of people that are always there hanging out they always got it up on their computers ready to answer people and there's always something going on so if you get a chance go over there check that out it's pretty cool but I want to make sure that you're doing the right thing you still got all your medicine you got your up to- date on all your medicine you got your prescriptions you're taking them like you're supposed to because I heard some horror stories from some friends you know that I met through the podcast here that told me they ran out of medication and now some of the deliveries from the from the pharmacies they thought they were going to get it in one day and now they're getting it in three days and Make sure when you see you're running low on your medication, that's the time to order, okay? Don't wait until you're out of medication. When you, when you see you're running low, order your medication. The same thing now, I hope you're doing your exercises. You're doing your therapy. Have you spoke with your therapist? Have you done a Zoom or a FaceTime with them or something? Very important. Keep in touch with them. I really hope you haven't slacked off during this pandemic, this stay-at-home, stuck-at-home thing, because you could really have done some damage. Uh, you could you could lose all the all the progress that you made and you may not be able to gain it back so it's important it's important to keep up with your physical therapy even though you're not at the therapist's office you're home You had the exercises, you know what the exercises are, just do them. Do them like you would do them when you were at the physical therapist's office. Now, another thing, and this is important too, if you've been going through talk therapy at all, you know, to help you get over some mental humps, mental problems, obstacles, I hope you've kept it up by phone or by Zoom or by FaceTime. That's very important too. And don't give up on the the medications that a psychiatrist or psychologist would give you. You know, keep up with it. Keep up with your talk therapy. That's very important, especially in times like this when we're we're basically alienated, more so than we are the rest of the time, from everybody. So, please, I I hope you guys are staying safe. I think about this on on a regular basis. I'm lucky I have my wife here with me. And other people are lucky they have family members with them. But the people that are out there by themselves, and that's why, believe it or not, this group that we have at Facebook is so important to to some people. It's a lifeline. It's a lifeline for, for people to talk to other people in the same position. I mean, you don't have to go to ours. There's other ones out there. I wish you would come to ours because, you know, you listen to the podcast and everything, but talk to someone. But if you are in talk therapy, I'm sure your therapist has it all set up all you have to do is, you know, check in on your computer or your phone with them. And it's covered. If you're on Medicare, it's covered. They're covering the same way that they did before. Your office visits are covered over the telemedicine. So it's not to worry about. Very important though. And I hope everyone's doing fine. I really do. And I look forward to the emails that I get from you guys. Even though I have to tell you about one email Tell you about this real quick before we jump into the rest of the podcast here. I received an email, and it's actually from Ireland. And <laughs> the fellow read the, the website, read the famous Apple website, and there's my, my bio was on there. And he wrote me and says, well, why in the world would I be doing a podcast if all of that in my bio was true, meaning my ailments? And I wrote back, I said, why not? He says, if I was you... Go. I, I just lay back, watch TV, and call it a day. Oh, uh, thank God, thank God I'm not you. That's, that's my thought. I'm not ready to put both feet into a grave, or, well, put my one foot into a grave. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm not ready for that, and I don't understand. You can't let what you have get you down, no matter what. And I say this all the time, every podcast. Go back and check, no matter what someone somewhere has it worse than you do. Right now, there's somebody wishing that they were in your position. So why should you just give up? Never give up. Never, ever, ever give up. It's very important. Uh, anyway, we got a good one for you today. Like I said, we're going to talk about exaggeration or just call it what it is, lying. Very. Uh, I've been doing some research into this and how this affects us. You know, you're probably saying, Who cares about lying? You know what? What this is about today is the people that lie to grab benefits, to grab workers' comp, to grab social security disability, and how it affects us, the rest of us in this community, and the companies that serve us. And we're also going to talk about caretakers. We started last week, and today we're going to compare professional caretakers to family members. So we got a good one. So sit back, get ready, relax, put your feet up, and let's start. The worst thing anyone can do is lie. That's right. Me, personally, I have absolutely no use for a liar. I would rather deal with a thief or a murderer before I have any dealings with a liar. At least with a thief and a murderer, you know what you're dealing with. A liar, they'll smile in your face and stick a knife in your back while they rob you blind. In my book, a liar is lower than pond scum, and once I catch you lying to me, it's damn near impossible to redeem yourself in my eyes, that's for sure. Once a liar, always a liar. Some might say that's not fair, but I say bullshit. You already lied to me once. What's to say you're not going to still be lying to me? There's no way to tell. You can You can tell if a thief has changed. He doesn't steal from you anymore. You can tell if a murderer has changed. You're not dead. so. But with a liar, you never know. You just never know what is the truth. You never know what's coming out of his mouth, if it's the truth or not. There are situations where I can almost understand the compulsion to lie. Such as trying to get yourself out of trouble. You know, survival. But if you take the time to think a couple of steps ahead, you realize when... You get caught, and your liars always get caught, no matter what. They, they can't they can't not get caught. The results are twice as bad. It's better just to fess up right in the beginning, get it over with. For example, you take a kid, right? He breaks a window. He swears he didn't do it, and blames somebody else to boot, you know? Two weeks later, they find out that the kid actually did it. Now he's in trouble for breaking the window, and for lying. And he's lost all credibility. Next time he says he didn't do something, they're not going to believe him. Then there's the person who lies about himself. You know, you know the person I mean. The one who wants to make himself out to be something he's not. The guy that works in a mailroom in a law firm, but tells everyone he's a lawyer. (laughs) Or the guy that tells you he owns a Porsche, but it's always in the shop. Or worse. Or the worst, the guy that makes himself out to be some sort of hero, some sort of military hero or you know, war hero or something. And as it turns out, he was never even in the Boy Scouts. What a fat girl who tells you she was once runner up to Miss America. To me, again, they have no credibility. And as well, it's it's purely pathetic, really. And the funny thing is they'll catch themselves up in their own lives because the stories always change listen to the stories they always change to make them sound better for other people one of the things i've learned over the years that i've lived with having disabilities is i can pretty much tell who the fakes and the cheaters are when it comes to being disabled for the life of me I can't understand why some people would lie to make themselves appear to be disabled. Or disabled at all to begin with. I mean, what's the benefit there? (laughs) Is it some sort of pitiful need for sympathy from strangers? And what's worse, these people don't realize how stupid they make themselves sound to others. I I told you the story about uh, a cousin of mine. Well, I'm married into the family. But he came to a party that I had at my house. And... He starts telling people that he's on disability for some... He got hurt on the job. He had workers comp. Now he's on disability. And supposedly he's got this, I don't know, something with his back. His back is the worst the doctor's ever seen. And he's going to have to go in for surgery. But it's a major, major surgery. And this surgery is so major that he only has a 50-50 chance of survival. Let me tell you something. If I'm going for surgery, I want a better I want better odds than 50-50, to be honest with you. But anyway, he's telling this, he's telling us to the table there. And there's four or five of us at the table, and he's telling me this, and he's going, Yep, doctor told me. I said, So when are you going for this? When are you going for this surgery? Well, they have to get a specialist in, and they're gonna fly him in, and they have to set up this room, and I'm gonna be in a separate room for recuperating, and da 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 da. All this bullshit so we're listening and the people sitting around the table we're smiling at each other because he's making himself sound like a, a, a full-blown ass and then he comes out with this statement the doctor told him he's gonna call him an hour all right get this an hour before the surgery and he's got that time to go tell people what he wants them to know and he has to be at the hospital What TV show did this guy get this from, right? I mean, it sounds like an episode of E.R. Even E.R. is more truthful than that. But this is what he's telling us. Now, this guy made made himself sound like a complete ass in front of strangers. And he walks away with his chest puffed out like he thinks everyone believed him. And we laughed. We laughed at him. I mean, this is the same guy that told us... He got Social Security disability. How he got it, I don't know. I don't know. But he got denied the first two times. Then he got it. And he got back pay on it. And then he tells me, he, tells, he told me this direct that Social Security contacted him. And due, due to the extent of his injuries, he should be getting more money. And they're going to work on this. And I looked at him. And I said, that's a lie. I told him straight out, that's a lie. I said, that doesn't happen. There's a specific formula that tells you, that tells Social Security, this is how much money you earned. This is how much money you paid into the system. And this is how much money you're going to get. They don't determine it on a case by case. Oh, no, 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 he tells me. He says, my lawyer told me and the judge told me. The judge told me judge called you and told you this no he sent me a letter well whatever floats your boat well I can tell you this now it's been over a year and a half since he told us about this surgery and the doctor still hasn't called he still hasn't got that one hour phone call yet so you know I guess his his odds are dwindling uh he hasn't got a raise from social security and that's been over a year now and for a guy that's so disabled, as he says he is, uh, he goes to an awful lot of Mets games. And he travels an awful lot down to Texas and Florida and what what have you. And I don't know. But that's, there's the epitome of a bullshit artist. There's the epitome of a liar. And it's pathetic. It's the only thing I can say about it. And it's insulting to you and to me and to anyone else he's telling these stories to because he thinks that we would believe this up to this point you know you see how lying can hurt you personal it can make you a social outcast just by being a liar but your lies also do some serious damage to you and your family as well uh, <clears throat> your lies do some serious damage to you and your family as well as yourself legally when you exaggerate and you lie to doctors lawyers and judges investigators for workers comp social security, not to mention your job and your boss, maybe personal and auto insurance, police, etc. Now, you're probably thinking, how's all that possible, right? Let me say this. I hear from quite a few people who apply for social security disability on on how hard it is to get approved for it. Truth be told, if you're legitimately disabled, you will be approved for, for social security disability when you apply. If you give your doctor the judge, and even your own lawyer, a reason to have a shadow of a doubt about your credibility, that is when the delays and the denials begin. Forget the conspiracy theories you hear about the doctors and the judges. They don't make a a commission by denying your benefits. And I have to be perfectly honest with you. If you're truly disabled, a lawyer is not actually required to apply for your benefits. Your medical records are all the proof you need. An attorney is not going to be able to negotiate a better monthly payment for you. There is a formula, like I just said, that dictates how much you're going to receive based on your work history. That's it. When the doctor suggested I should apply for, for disability, I filed the paperwork myself. I went to the doctor's appointments, that social security request that I go to. I attended the hearings. I submitted the paperwork that was requested as well as answered all of the questions truthfully. There was no denial, there was no delay, nor, there was, nor, the, nor was there a need for an attorney to collect a fee from my case. Over the years, everyone on Social Security Disability knows we received those disability reviews to confirm that either the disability continues or has gotten worse. I have never had a suspension of benefits or even a threat to that effect simply by being truthful and honest about my situation. This all sounds like common sense, right? You would think... Having having a disability sucks, plain and simple. Whether it's a broken finger or a broken back, having an amputation or being a cripple, it sucks. There's pain, your body is broke. So why? Why, why, why on God's green earth would you want to lie about the the extent of being hurt or being hurt at all for that matter? In my opinion, exaggerating and lying are one and the same. Either way, the truth is being manipulated. And ignored for an altered version. When people exaggerate about the about a disability, in my opinion, they're trying to make something bigger out of something that is almost non existent. For example, all right, take the guy whose pain level is always a nine or a ten. No matter what. No matter how quiet he's being, he could be laying in bed, he could have All kinds of pain medication in him. But no matter what, his pain level is always a 9 or a 10. He's afraid to let people know that the pain isn't that bad. Because then he's afraid they'll think that he's not in as bad a shape as they believe. And they won't give him the sympathy that he he craves. The attention that he craves. Or you get the same guy. He goes to the doctor. And the doctor tells him, look, you have a really bad uh, problem here. And it's probably going to take a while to recover. But he goes home and tells his people, the doctor told me that whatever this is that I have, it's the absolute worst he's ever seen. And chances of recovery are grim. What? Why would you want to make people believe that you might die from whatever it is that you have? But these people here, they want that sympathy. They want that attention, the exaggerator. Or the doctor told told them, look, you're hurt. You're going to need some rest. He comes back and tells his people, the doctor told me I have to stay in bed and do nothing. The doctor didn't say anything like that. But he wants, again, the attention. He wants people to wait on him. Now, even though there's nothing wrong with this guy's balance or mobility, he sees people in the doctor's office... And they have walkers and canes and crutches. And he sees the attention they get from the people in the office. You know, they hold the door open for him. Or they'll get up and give him a chair. And this sparks something in his brain, I guess. So, he goes out and he buys himself a cane. His people say, well, why why do you need a cane? Well, the doctor told me to get a cane so I can preserve my strength. What? Again? What? Why would you want to walk? I had to walk with a cane I had to walk with a cane, crutches, a walker. I'm now in a wheelchair. Why would you want something like that? He wants the attention. He wants the sympathy from people that look at him and go, oh, poor you. That's the exaggerator. That's the exaggerator. He wants people around him just to grab him and hug him and hold him. It's, it's disgusting. The exaggerator, in my opinion, is the one who's looking to gain sympathy and have others do for him and carry him through the rest of his life. Now, when people lie, on the other hand, they're looking to get over on others and grab what they see as a free ride, and they don't care who they screw to get it. I remember back, way back when, I had got hurt at work, And I had to go to workers' comp. I had to go for a hearing after I came out of the hospital. And it was in Brooklyn, New York. Now, if you've ever been to Brooklyn, New York, you know parking's at a premium. There's no difference at the workers' comp building. So there's this little parking lot. It's halfway down a city block. If you blink, you miss it. It's a small place. It's a hole in the wall in between two buildings. You have to drive in, and then there's a parking lot. Anyway, I drive in, and this guy comes in right behind me. And I get out of my car and I get my ticket and I start making my way down, me, my cane, down to uh the building. With that, in a flash I see this guy running past me and he's got a set of crutches under his arm. He runs down the block, stops short right before the door, puts the crutches under his arms, lifts his foot up, and begins to hobble in. And I just at that point I just left. I, I was like, You gotta be kidding me. And I, I'm thinking to myself, they're gonna see right through this guy. Anyway, go into the I go into the the building, and they send me into this waiting area, and they call this guy before me. Well, he was there before me actually, because he raced up the block. But they call him before me, and the whole hearing that he's in there for, I'm listening to it because I wanted to hear. You know, I'm being nosy. I wanted to hear what he was saying. You know, he had the the, the cry in his voice as he's talking and telling what he can't do, and anyhow they make a settlement with him. They settled him out of workers' comp. Well, him and his lawyer go into this next room, and he starts yelling at his lawyer. He's yelling. I mean, the top of his lungs in the compensation court, yelling at the lawyer, screaming. He was pissed off that he only got a $20,000 settlement. Can you imagine? $20,000. You just ran a sprint to get there. <laughs> And you got twenty thousand. There's not a damn thing wrong with him. The lawyer had to know that there was nothing wrong with this guy. And I find the lawyer at fault. The lawyer should have reported him. But other examples of lies: you get the guy that fakes an accident at work and claims an injury. You know, the one that he thinks nobody's looking, so he'll he'll lay on the floor and wait for someone to walk by and claim that he got hurt, and then go claim workers' comp. Or the one that's in a car accident, little fender bender, but. Claims whiplash, or opens the door and falls out onto the ground, and then he has to call an ambulance, and they take the the ambulance takes him to the hospital. All of those resources are wasted because there's nothing wrong with this creep. And, and, but when he gets out of the hospital, the first thing he does, you know, he doesn't he doesn't go home and lay down and take an aspirin for his pain. No, the first thing he does is get a phone and call an attorney. It just irks me. It irks me. They're liars now judges at the workers comp and social security disability hearings are skilled at catching liars as are the doctors and the lawyers they'll ask you the same question two and three different ways over the course of a hearing and answering it the wrong way could be the grounds for a denial because you lost your credibility. For example, you tell the doctor that that you can't sit for more than 15 minutes at a time. And that you have to get up and move around and lay down for 15 minutes. Now you go to court. And the judge is going to ask you. Are you able to drive a car? The guy. Yeah, a little bit. I go, you know, I, I go more than... If I go more than, than that, I have difficulty getting out of the car. The judge. What would happen if you broke down? The guy. I'd call the auto club to have him come fix it. Huh. The judge. What do you do most at home to pass time? I watch TV, I play video games on my computer, I read a book on my back porch. These are all activities that involve sitting. The judge, do you ever go on day trips or vacation? The guy, yeah, yeah, we just came back from from the shore. The judge, very nice. How'd How'd you go by plane? no, no, the tickets were too expensive. You know, we had a drive down. I'm disabled. I don't have the money. Judge, that's a long ride. That's at least ten, twelve hours from here. The guy, yeah, we made it in nine. We could have made it down there in about eight if my wife didn't insist on stopping at every other farm stand. If I didn't pull over, I'd never hear the end of it and you know how it goes: happy wife, happy life. The guy just the guy told the judge he could only drive short distances, just a few minutes earlier, as well as he can only sit for fifteen minutes. Then tells the judge about the eight-hour road trip. His application was denied, and rightfully so. When when these frauds lie and try to cheat workers' comp and social security disability and insurance companies, it affects those of us who really are hurt and injured whether it be by them receiving benefits that they're not entitled to, or putting more obstacles in front of those of us who really do need the benefits. You know, if you know somebody that's cheating, that's, they're scamming, they're trying to scam Social Security Disability or Workers' Comp, call the Inspector General's Frauds Hotline, all right? The Office of Inspector General Fraud Hotline. The phone number is one 800 0271. You can report it anonymously, but you know what? It's better to get rid of the cheaters. You're not being a rat. You're protecting. You're protecting not only yourself. You're protecting the taxpayers. You're protecting. You're protecting other disabled people. You know they keep on telling us social security disability is going to be broken x x amount of years. And why is that? Well, it's paying. It's paying out a lot. Yeah, but it. If it's paying out a lot to people that don't deserve it, and we stop that, then we can extend how long Social Security disability and Social Security in general will be solvent. It's up to us. It's up to us. If you see people that you know are faking it, call the Attorney General's fraud hotline. Again, it's one eight hundred two six nine zero two seven one. 269 271 and report them. Don't feel bad about doing it. It's not a game. This isn't a game. This is our life. Enough. We can't let people play with our life. Our lives. are Our lives are turned upside down to begin with. You can't risk losing the income that you do have coming in. All right? All right. Caretakers. Now, some of us feel like we don't need caretakers. Uh, You come home from the hospital, you think you can do it yourself. But the truth of the matter is, everybody needs a hand from time to time. Maybe you don't need a full-time caretaker. Maybe you just need a family member to give you a hand here and there. But then there's other people who do need a full-time caretaker. And sometimes the hospital recommends it right after you're released from the hospital. But here's the deal. Which is better is it better to have a family member or is it better to have someone from an agency come in? Now, some people are funny. They don't want to have a stranger in their house, especially you get the older people. They don't want strangers in their house. They feel very independent. They don't need people that they don't know. They And the older people, then they start to worry, you know, are they robbing me? Are they, they stealing my stuff? You know, These people, the people that come from an agency are coming there to do a job. They're coming there to help you with your medication. They're coming there to help you with your daily needs, like getting dressed, getting washed, uh, preparing meals maybe. The one thing they're not, and this is a mistake that a lot of people make, when a caretaker is sent in from an agency, they're not your maid. They're not there to clean your house. They're not there to wash your clothes, unless there's some kind of a- agreement made with the agency to begin with. But in general, they're there to help you with your day-to-day needs, getting dressed, making food, eating, medication. Maybe they're checking blood pressure, um, reporting to the doctor, helping you get to doctor's appointments, stuff like that. They're not there to dust your furniture, rake your leaves, wash your car. And again, I've seen that happen. I've seen that happen in a hospital where there's patients in the hospital. I had a roommate. That thought the nurses were his maids. When I was in rehab after the amputation, he'd call them for the stupidest things. This guy had a knee replacement, but he was up already, up and walking. They had him up and walking with, with crutches and sitting on the side of the bed and moving around. And but he would call. He would call the nurse to come in and t- tell them, "Look, I need you to go over, go over to the table and get my glasses." This guy could have leaned over and reached and got them, but. He just thought the nurses were there. After that, he one night we were we were in the room and we're talking, and he said, "Excuse me," and he leaned over, grabbed the nurse's bell, and he rang the bell. I said, "Is everything okay?" He he says, "Yeah." Nurse comes in, and she, she says, "Did you ring?" I said, "No." I said, "He did." She says, "What's what's the problem? What's the matter?" He says, "I need you to cut the meat for me." <laughs> I I had one leg, but I almost got up and walked away. <laughs> you need him to cut the meat. He he would ring the bell at night, in the middle of the night, for the nurse to come in and say, "Can you fix my pillows?" They're not there as your servant or your your maid or housekeeper. They're there for your for your needs, for your medical needs. Now some people do this to their own family members. And... <laughs> God bless them. The family members put up with it. You know They they do it because they love you. Some do. (laughs) Some that'll tell you in a heartbeat, get it yourself. When it comes down to it, I think when you're first home, I think the smartest move is not so much having a family member because the family member is not going to push you. The agency caretaker is going to push you a little bit. They're trained to know when to stop pushing and when to start. The person at home has these feelings and they want to they wanna do everything in their power to help you. So, and that might not be a good thing in the very beginning. So when it comes to caretakers or caregivers, you might want to start off with an agency. And they come in all, all s- sorts of fields. I mean, I know when I was first home, I had a therapist that would come to the house, a physical therapist, come to the house three days a week. I had a nurse that would come to the house, sometimes, well, in the beginning, five days. Um, I was on an infusion kit where I had PIC line put into me, where I had a a technician come into the house every day. These are things that your family members really can't do. But then you also have home health aides that come. And they're the ones that help you with your day-to-day stuff. And sometimes, like I said, it's better to have a stranger. Because they're going to push you to to the limits, and they know what limits to push you to. Your family say that they know the limits to push you to, but they also want to help you. They don't want to see you struggle, and that's nice. That's good. So when it comes down to it, you really have to weigh it out. And what I would say is talk to a caseworker in the hospital when you're leaving. Find out what your insurance company pays for. Because if your insurance company pays for a home health aide to come in for whatever they're writing the prescription for, that's what you should do that's my that's my opinion that's what you should do take the home health aid that they're offering you or the nurse or the therapist whatever they're offering you that your insurance will cover you especially your first couple of weeks home from the hospital after a major accident that's got, that's left you in a bad way and then let your family member be there with you with the outside help with the outside agency and they can learn too it's a it's it's a win-win deal okay? I'd like to thank you for stopping by today, and I want to talk to you about something real quick. I'm looking for a guest, any guest that wants to come on the podcast. We can do a remote interview by phone. You can tell your story of how you get along day-to-day, how you handle the day-to-day activities that you have to do with your disability. And maybe you'll help someone else who's struggling with the the same problems that you used to struggle with. Maybe they're they're facing the same obstacles that you used to face. And by you sharing your story, you might help them be able to get over the obstacles themselves. So if you're willing to share your story, please write me at admin at famousapple.com. That's admin, A-D-M-I-N, at famousapple.com. I'd love to hear from you. Again, thank you for stopping by today. You've been listening to An Apple a Day. My name is Jimmy Apple. And remember this, laughter is the best medicine. Remember people, that you will never go blind by looking at something from the bright side. I'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to An Apple a Day with Jimmy Apple. Your gateway to a happy, healthy life. Join our community at www.famousapple.com. See you next time!